Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. I am so glad you could join us today as we talk about the multi-dimensional human experience. We can call it ascension or great personal transformation into light and love that we are and always were. We just fell from that knowledge. This takes us back in time to what the ancients and the indigenous people knew, and they lived it and expressed it in their life. Christopher Timms is a metaphysical teacher and a sound healer here with us today to talk about all things Ascension. Christopher, welcome back to Quantum Conversations. Thank you, Loren. It's great to spend the time with you. It's been quite some time. It's been some time, but we're so honored to be able to have this time and ask you some questions about this Ascension process. There's a lot going on in our outer world, and... It's a greater call for all hearts to really step into their power, into their love and their light that we were. It's, it may sound like an easy task, but it's, or a simple task, but it's really not so easy when we no. do. There's, no. there's no. things in the way. So let's first start. We're going to talk about the ancients and the indigenous and this multidimensional human experience. But first, let's just talk about what's going on there outside. We were just chatting and all things have to change. And this is where the information and the answers come from our inner connection. That's right. That's right. And uh, everyone's personal opinion about what's happening financially in the world, politically in the world, socially in the world, religiously in the world is irrelevant. Okay, it's irrelevant because what's happening now, you know, the astrology shows shows this clearly, the um, the dynamics of cycles, cycles, what I call the seasons of God, the change, the great processional cycles and the cycles within cycles within cycles as the Maya talk about and the Hopi and the Sunni, all of them, all of them talk about the aboriginal talk about it is that what's happening now 
is what I've been waving flags about for a number of years is that everything that has been hidden is being revealed. Everything that is being hidden is being revealed. When things have been hidden for a long time, when we've been living in darkness, ignorance, for a long time, and now someone shines a bright light on things, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's not pretty. Bugs run for the corners. <laughs> right? And that that's kind of what you have going on, metaphorically, you know, in, in the world today. The world has been... The world ha that has been pulled over your eyes, as Morpheus told Neo many, many years ago, you know, it's the world, it's a prison without bars. You know, the ultimate slave is the one that thinks he's actually free. Freedom slavery, yes. Ab absolutely. So we've been, we've been convinced of a story, a story that we've bought into more and more deeply over the last couple thousand years. So without without sidebarring into that, which is another whole six hours of conversation for us, really, which is fun, but it's not really the focus. The distillation of it for me, Loren, is that the reason I, I said at the very beginning that our opinions are irrelevant, they're not irrelevant to us, but what's really relevant is our attachment to our opinions. The attachment to your opinion is what brings you suffering and brings you veils of, of delusion that, that obscure the clarity and the insight that, that's awakening within us all right now. So, you know, I have my Chris opinions, you have your Loren opinions, and that's what it's all about to exist, about how I think it, people should eat, how I think you should supplement, how I think you should exercise, what I feel a foundational spiritual practice would be, what I think about what's happening in the world, what I think about what's happening in, in finances. In, in the world, the financial whole picture of the idea of currency, cryptocurrencies, fiat currencies, that, that whole thing. You know, but my opinions are just my, my opinions, and I'm not really attached to them simply because I realize that the world that has been pulled over my eyes for me to view is just a simulation, and it's a program that is an interactive holograph that I'm a part of. I'm a part of the holograph and that I'm, I'm a character called the, this avatar that I'm in right now. I'm occupying as unlimited awareness, as unlimited awareness, occupying this avatar animating. And I call, I, I call our presence, the animator. The animator brings to life the avatar, this character, which is Christopher Timms. And now I'm in this simulation experiencing all these things for the purpose of personal exploration. This is the imaginarium. You know, we, we call it a simulation or an interactive hologram. But it's just a program. It's just, it's just a program. And anyone who gains a foundational, now here, here's the big bold print, everybody. At the very beginning, anyone who gains a foundational spiritual experience through foundational spiritual exercises, through, through really good coaching in, in um, psychedelics, plant medicine, in sacred, in sacred ritual, all of these things, as you experience these things, they, they lift you. Here's the ascension to the point where you experience, you experience and here's something that you won't hear other people say. 
at the very beginning, because there's a lot you want to hear other people say, but this, when you elevate, you find that this, this existence that we're in right now is what people really will grow to know as the afterlife. This is the afterlife. Life in the other realms is is true life. This is life without the boundaries of time, without the constraints of sickness, disease, aging. It, it, it's filled wide open creativity. Ask Einstein, ask Tesla, ask Walt Disney, you know, ask George Lucas, ask Gene Roddenberry, ask, ask, you know, any of the great musicians, artists, people who have been out there in the, in those realms, getting there in their own ways to be able to, bring to this landscape of space and time and structure. It's what Mozart did. He went off in those realms, came back, and then he, he, was, he, was, a, he was an insane personality, Mozart was. He was, you know, I know quite a bit about, about his, his life, being a musician. You know, and he would drink and do all kinds of stuff. He loved playing billiards. And he, was, he, was, he would stay up for days, drinking, partying, running all around. And he would throw himself into this state. And then, and then he would write a complete symphony from start to finish. Because without making a correction in anything, he's the only composer in history to never make a correction in anything he ever wrote. Because he said he wasn't writing it. He was just doing what he did there. Here, it was already done. All he had to do was stay conscious and write it out. And he would stay up for days, not eating anything, just taking the opportunity to write complete symphonies, complete operas, start to finish. So... That is life, what we call the afterlife. It's only because we're all switched around. We're looking at the reflection of life, not life itself. Okay. So, and anyone that has an authentic spiritual practice, anyone that really, really has begun to have the personality dissolving experience where you realize that you're not the avatar, you're not this, this, you're limitless awareness, unlimited creativity. Once you begin to awaken that awareness when you, within you, that's what is typically called in new, in new age, new thought, metaphysics, personal transformation work. That's what's called ascension. The ascension is waking up and realizing, wait a minute. Okay. I'm really not this. It's not a belief. It's not an understanding. Cause this transcends anything that you could really understand. It has to be experienced. And once you experience, you own it and your whole being is transformed. And that's when you're really in this world, yet not of this world. So I know I've been rambling for a bit, Loren, here at the beginning, but I wanted to lay a, a big landscape out here for everybody, a big canvas to kind of look at going, wow, wait a minute. This is quite a picture because it's important. It is quite a picture, and we can see that the programming, the programs, the societal conditioning, the the the, the educational programs, um, the belief systems that we carry within ourselves keeps us locked in that. So this is a big journey for everyone to step forward and just get over their stuff, their stories, right? And as this awakening, oh ascension occurs, 
we just realize that we have to be over that. And so let's talk a little bit about the programming, what you did to get out of programming. What's it like to walk in the world after having that experience of truth, right? How, what did you do to experience this deep knowingness? Um it's really, and it, it, to me, it's pretty fun to, to realize just the recipe that, uh, that I set up for myself in, in real life to come here into this place to do this. I grew up in a Leave at the Beaver family, okay, up north. And uh, I play, started playing music when I was six years old, violin when I was six, drums when I was ten. Drove my poor mother crazy. Um Started studying yoga when I was 13. My parents didn't know what yoga was, but yet I saw some man on TV stretching and, and being peaceful, and I asked my mother whether I could do that. And my mom was a nurse. My mom wasn't any kind of esoteric thing, but she said, sure, if we can find somebody, you can do it. So they found somebody in Wilmington, Delaware, at a Savananda Yoga Center, and Dropped me off. I remember my mother dropping me off in the car, the station wagon, of course, you know, and I'm getting out of the station wagon, walking up. And my mother, you know, my mom and dad, dad was a World War II vet from Normandy. And mom was a nurse. You know, they were, it was the leave it to beaver world. And I'm walking up the sidewalk and a man opens the door to let, let me in for yoga class. And he's wearing an orange robe and has a spot on his forehead. And my mother let me walk in the door. This is 13 years old, and I'm thinking, my God, my mom really must have had a feeling just to know that it was all okay. I mean, just so anyway, that was a sidebar, but I thought it was nice for everyone when to hear this. So I went there, started studying martial arts at 14. I could ride my bike to the martial arts place around the corner, and... So I began to to hear ideas in yoga class and in martial arts class about chi and prana and that that there was life beyond this form and and uh, just considering softly not really harshly but considering gently that there was there was more to life you know and I lived Western Western values my dad was a very hard worker I apprenticed in the trades at in his contracting firm and. My mom with her nursing background, you know, and all of that. But yet I was in this music world and this yoga world. So if you can imagine that recipe, everyone, right and left brain type of practices and things, growing up very sports oriented, very science, very music oriented. And around 19, 19 years of age, I began to be curious about this stuff called psychedelics. And I, I, some of the guys that were a bit older than me, some of the kind of hippie age people, you know, the original hippies, flower children age people, older than me, I began to, I was playing in bands with some of them as the young guy playing the drums, all of that. They were talking to me about, about things. And I wasn't big into drugs. I was already just about a vegetarian at that point. I've been a vegan for 35 years. And um, so as soon as I did psychedelics, I did it with my first, in my first experiences, 
through the ideas of music, of yoga, breath, prana, chi, and the very first experiences just carried me into an insight. So I can't say it was psychedelics. I can't say it was meditation. I can say it was a whole recipe of things that began to take me into this realm beyond all of this, beginning to look at this not as a reflection, but as an actual vision. So does that does that make sense? Yes, it's really very interesting. You were in the right place. You used the psychedelics. Was it like LSD, DMT, that sort of thing? So it was working with, it was like an elevator ride in consciousness. It was. You, but you were focused on a spiritual level. It was never at a party, never at a, a silly thing. I consider that to be like sacrilege, you know, because the plant medicines, mushrooms, all of those things to me are sacraments. You know, and the synthetic forms as Alan Watts, you know, and uh, Ken Keyes, Ram Dass all, all said back in their, their day that, you know, God comes to us in the form of psychedelics in the Western world because we're materialists. So it has to come in a material form. In the East, God, God comes in the form of prayer and meditation because that fits their culture. So I thought that was amazing. You know, those insights were amazing. So. And it's very interesting. Um, there's stories where the yogis were given LSD. Yes. And, th- and it had no effect. That's because right. Because they're already in that state. So that's what we're trying to achieve here, right? So you have this understanding and this knowing. We were talking. So, so that knowingness and this understanding allowed you to see the belief systems that would limit you. You know, some of us... Um, these programs go so deep. Personally, uh, there was one that I just realized I was in, and it has to do with uh, a big program of caring what other people think. And once I was able to really go deep and, and to see the core of, of that fear, which I felt in my body, it was really interesting to feel the love and the light and the reason why I chose to undergo that program. And also how belief systems, everyone we see outside of ourselves is a trigger for that program within ourselves. So it goes very deep. And I know that caring what other people think is a common one or um, a, a lack program, feeling less than. These are all huge programs that take a lot to clear. Uh, did you ever have that sort of program with the with the loving family that you grew up in and your uh, teenage years that gave you such a huge head start on your path? That's wonderful. But these deeper oh. programs. Oh yeah, I mean, I never fit in because you're a star seed. Oh you my god, I never ever fit in. I was, I, my parents um, valued education. And so they bartered my way. We literally bartered our way through private school for me and uh-huh. my two sisters. We didn't have the money. My dad was a beginning a contractor. He wasn't, you know, developed at that point. He was just beginning. So, uh, and I didn't fit in. I mean, the uh, up in Delaware, the school that I went to, there was there were the Rothschilds there. Rothschilds were in that school. The Duponts were in that school. I mean, you had all these old European families, all the 
you know, that's a whole different discussion about that whole thing. But and so did you ever feel the need to conform or were you just aware going, that's not mine? Oh, every, every, every person wants to belong. Uh -huh. I mean, that's all part of us. We all want to find our tribe, our family, our our group. We we are fierce individuals once we once we arrive at a certain point in our 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 journey. But yet at the same time, we want to be alone, like defined, but then together with other people that are the same way. That's a, that's kind of a common thing. And but as a boy, I wasn't defined. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to get there. Holding, holding my own, but yet not fitting into the social structure of, of private school at all, you know, and not really fitting into the Ivy League model that they were grooming everybody for in that whole school. Everybody, all of them went to the big Ivy League schools, and I was being groomed to take over my dad's contracting business, you know, which eventually, eventually we, we, I, I parted from that, which was a huge thing. And that, that was a point of, saying yes to me and no to the idea, you know, that I was being conditioned for. Most people succumb to that peer pressure. You know, I never liked the drinking thing. I never liked the partying thing. I just didn't, I just didn't like it. Um, I loved sports, you know, and I loved my music. I played in orchestra and I played in the band and, and I loved science I love math. I disliked other classes immensely, you know. And so I just, I began to just focus on what I really enjoyed. And um, if you find something in life that you really love to do, and for me as a, as a young kid, it was the world of music really surrounded me. But it can be science. It can be cooking it can be anything it doesn't matter what matters is it, it that becomes your your tantra and the, the word tantra means embrace embrace you know, the joining so as as you embrace that which you love it becomes the pathway for you to find an inner strength to develop this identity within yourself not develop the identity as a result of, of outside circumstances and conditions wanting you to conform. All right. And I watched myself as a, as a kid grow, growing up wanting to conform, but yet this inner voice inside me just said, this is stupid. You don't want to do any of this. And I remember that over and over again. You know, and, and I played college sports and I did not fit in with any, any of that, you know, any of those groups, any of those thought processes or social structures. I, uh, even in, in rock and roll, playing in club bands up and down the East Coast, all that kind of stuff is, you know, the rock drummer guy. I didn't fit into any of that. You know, I'm, I'm the vegetarian rock drummer who's doing mescaline before I go on stage and they're drinking and getting blasted out of their mind. And see, to me, when I was doing psychedelics, I was just as sharp as I am here. I don't want anybody to have a wrong understanding. It wasn't like it lays you out and you can't function. If you know how to, to be with the spirit, of the experience, then you're just more alive 
And there, here's that idea of more alive again. I began to realize, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not just this body. I'm not playing the music. The music is playing me. And I'm this, this is kind of a biological machine, this avatar that I'm in. Um, and somehow I'm animating the avatar. I began to realize that before there were words to really describe all of that. You know, so no one was going to take any of those experiences away from me. My love of music, no one could take that away from me. My, my love of, of running, sports, any of that kind, no one could take that away from me. So, um, I went out, I went out and I forged my own path. I worked in the building trades myself because my father and I at those years could barely even coexist with each other, you know, because I was so much like him in a lot of ways and it just didn't work. And so I, I did my own thing, which really caused a lot of distress because I was supposed to conform and take over the business. I, I was his retirement, right? That's a big program that That's you a big program stood up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, so, and then once you get through those programs, everyone, if you get through those programs in your younger years, then when you hear stuff, in, in religious life, conventional religious life, and you go, that doesn't make any sense to me, then there's no big deal about you walking away from it. Or when you're in metaphysics, new age, new thought, any of it, and you, and you hear things that you say, oh, wait a minute, come on, really, <laughs> really, really? You know, there's no, there's no voice within you that says, well, well, you better just believe it. You better just go with it. No, 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 no. You're, once you begin to awaken to your true life, you realize that you're here to be the way and the truth and the life for yourself, not the way anybody else believes it to be or thinks about it. The road to the one is infinite in its diversity and it all begins and ends at the one. And we're here to express limitless creativity, limitless awareness, not to jump in the path that someone else has, has forged. You know, there's something, let me have two minutes on this and then we can go on to wherever you like. When I was a little boy, about 14, 13, 14, I remember my friends, me, Joe, Richard Mitchell, and Andy would all go riding our spider bikes, which were very cool in those days, you know, our spider bikes. We'd go off into the woods and the trails and things. And we'd go to places that we're not supposed to go, of course, because that's what you do. And, <laughs> and the greatest adventure for me, Loren, was, was taking my spider bike, throwing it off into the, the big, uh, ferns and the big foliage in the woods by the river. I remember all this. It was great, great areas. And I remember walking off the trail because the trail was fun to explore. But for me, I remember turning off the trail and going <laughs> into the woods. And in my mind, I hear, I hear this voice saying, you're going where, where no other human being has ever walked. You're doing things that no one else has ever done, and you're forging a trail right now that other people could explore if they wanted to. 
They could look where you've been looking, see what you've been seeing, but you're seeing things that no other human being has ever seen. You're going where no other person has ever gone. That's what we're here to do as adults. We're here to boldly go, right? And in, instead of that, we've been in, in the Piscean age dynamic, we've been funneled into conformity and funneled into mediocrity. And the Tibetans teach us that God is for the bold and for the adventuresome. You know, and I love the metaphysical uh, bumper sticker from years and years ago that came out that said, the meek shall inherit the earth and the rest of us will go to the stars. What a great statement. So the journey that we're on is about realizing that this ascension process is not trying to escape the earth. It's to be fully present here as a human being. This is, this is to be fully present. And that's what the multidimensional experience is really all about. That's what the ascension process that everyone's thrown that, that word around. And it's not about escapism. It's not about jumping into a UFO and going off into mothership to Zeta seven or something. It's not about uh, the whole earth shifting into another dimension of, of existence. Well, where are these dimensions? They're right here. They're right here. They're nowhere in particular. They're right here. So what has to shift is in here. Yeah. It is the love and light that we are that we must bring forward into here, into now. And I think it's beautiful that, you know, uh, that metaphor that you had going where no other human has gone. Oh, it was great. That gives yeah. us permission to do this and to really be free. And I think the young kids coming in, when we look at them and see how, you know, they don't even watch television for the most part, you know, these um, tweenies and things. Right. Yeah. They're not even doing the same thing that kids were doing even 10 years ago. So they're wired and they know it. And I don't think that they're going, they're going to accept some of these belief systems that are in place because you can talk to some of them and they just know that, that that's not right, for example. And they're the ones who are going to come up and be the ones to step up. But what about those who are still awakening to this true light and tapping into that inner voice and moving through some of these programs do you have any advice on a fast way for people to do that or a way of ease and grace for people to uh, identify a program and move yeah. beyond it? Yeah. Perhaps, okay, and just con consider this as a statement, everyone, that if, if God or oneness, universal intelligence, whatever you'd like to frame this idea that we have, right, is the source of all things, then perhaps 
God, oneness, universal intelligence, is the answer to all things. Right. So we make a tragic mistake in our psychology, which keeps us moving laterally in consciousness as, as I see the Jacob's ladder into this other realm. And the tragic mistake is that we, we look at patterns in our lives and instead of going into spiritual practices and ways of looking at life that deepen our communion with oneness, sacred unity, God, we look at that pattern, that symptom, and we begin to analyze it. Where did it come from? Why is it here? What do I have to learn from all of this? And my mom taught me since I was a little boy that whatever you feed grows, Christopher Timms. Whatever you feed grows. So if, if there's an energy of analysis, everyone's heard that metaphysical phrase. We have analysis paralysis. Now, that doesn't mean that analysis is completely worthless, but what it means is that with attachment, and this is how people go into the analysis. God, I've got to figure this out. Why do I keep having this experience? Oh, my God. You can feel the leverage. The scales have tipped, and they're totally invested in this. And here's fundamental spiritual practices. Here's, here's a fundamental communion with oneness, sacred unity, that we're all a part of already. And it's over there just going, hello, hello. Hello, it's, it's, it's like the voice of the universe is saying, you don't really have to be messing around with that because I'm right over here. But because the consensus, the sheeple, the world is over here going, well, we have to find out what the call, what the root cause is of all this. It's like the cure for cancer is not trying to kill cancer. It's taking away the environment that cancer actually lives in. And when you do that, cancer dies and health pervades. They've known this for 50 years. And that can be done in, in a variety of, of different trajectories. Spiritual life is the same way. You take away the environment, the leverage, your investment in trying to diagnose yourself. That's the whole definition of self-help, and that's kind of a weird thing anyway. I thought we were the problem that we were trying to solve, and we're analyzing ourselves. Hmm. Anybody see a predicament there? Just thinking. Okay, so why not just, you've heard the adage, go with God. Well, why does anybody do that? They do it when it's warm and fuzzy, when it's kumbaya time, when it's, when it's, when it's just okay. But when they've got an issue, they want to dive to the issue because that's what everyone's conditioned to do. That's where... In sports, in martial arts, in yoga, you learn not to react. You learn not to react. You learn to act. And when you choose, you always choose God. So the solution to getting rid of the patterns that we accumulate in our lives that are destructive and that are degenerative, that are self-limiting in nature, is a deeper communion with God. So think of it this way. All right. The fundamentals of this teaching, since the ancient Egyptian mystery schools, the, the House of the Blue Lotus at Dendara, that's where we have our most recent origins. But then prior to that, of course, has always been the experience of inner light, inner sound and inner presence. All right. Of which I go into great depth about how people can realize these things and, and cultivate the practice. But simply, if you practice 
listening, looking, and feeling 10 seconds at a time, 20 or 30 times a day, then you're making in incremental investments in your internal environment. And your internal environment is a recipe. And when you, when you adjust the soup with different spices, with different things, then the flavor of the soup changes, doesn't it? So now you're changing the recipe a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. So now when you get upset, what do you do? You go to God. When you get confused, you go to God. When you, when you want a new idea, when you feel stuck creatively, you go to God. When you're tired, you go to God. When you're waking up in the morning, you go to God. You know, when you're hungry, before you eat, you go to God. So you just do this all the time. You make this your living prayer, as Mendino wrote many years ago in The Greatest Salesman. Right. You do all of those things and those incremental investments begin to accrue. And then what happens? The leverage tilts and then boom, you're no longer afflicted by alcoholism, food addictions, sugar habits, nicotine habits. You find you're, you're motivated to exercise and it's natural. It's, it's, it's organic. It's coming out from inside you. You find that you're experiencing and noticing things in life, in nature that you've never noticed before. And you haven't done anything different. All you've done is for a period of time, you've just invested in yourself, in your true nature, in your divine communion. And you've taken those qualities as a communion. The word communion means to be part of in remembrance, in remembrance of what? You, your true nature, not the avatar, not the character here in, in this virtual video game, but you, limitless awareness, limitless creativity. So that's, that's the recipe. And that recipe of light, sound, and presence is there at the essence of Christianity. But you can't ask the pastor about it because he, he doesn't even remember the stories. That, he doesn't know the real meaning behind the stories that he's telling. It's there at Islam. It's there in Buddhism, and there's parts of Buddhism that are really focused in inner light, inner sound, and inner presence. It's called Dzogchen. And there's pre-Hindu Vedantic teachings that are based in purely inner light, inner sound, inner presence. The Hopi teach this. The Sunni teach this in, in their languaging systems, in their ways of culturizing it. But it's all right there. Once you learn how to decode the language, then they're all telling you the same thing. Fundamentally, get back to the, to the creator, the great maker of all, God. Whatever you want to do, however you want to label it is what I mean, the fundamental practices are exactly the same. Not to spend extended amounts of time doing this because then it becomes a mental thing. And Western culture asks us to participate in society in a different rhythm. So you, you splash this into your life throughout the day so that you're welcoming these frequencies into everything that you're doing. Everything that you're doing throughout the day, 20, 30, 50 times a day until, gosh, I see inner light with my eyes open or eyes closed all the time. I hear inner sound with my eyes open, eyes closed. Or, you know what I mean? My senses turn within or without. I feel this presence as it walks with me all the days of my life. And these are all things that the ancient teachings are telling us, but most people don't know how to interpret the language because it's been interpreted for you. 
not by you. Yes. Very powerful, Christopher. You are so practical in this explanation of ascension and returning to our light. Um, and the ancients all knew this and the indigenous knew this as, as they share with us. And, and that's part of our story here. So as we return to this journey to our own light and this connection within that you've had, that you've cultivated and maintained and strengthened and grown throughout your life, it's quite beautiful. There is an opportunity for our community to work with your teachings because you do a lot with this. Uh, yes. And you've got a beautiful opportunity for people to go into your teachings deeper on a higher level. So let's take a little bit and talk about that because it goes into more of these practices of the inner light and listening, the light and, and the seeing and the feeling, right? So absolutely. Um, it's all experientially based. Experience. You know, I know, I know everyone that I talk a lot very quickly, but when I get with it in an environment that Loren provides, it's a nice open canvas, and because she's so receptive to the things that I'm talking about, I don't feel any restrictions. See, um, we I like to, it that way. Yes, yes, yes. Unlimitedness. I, it is. It is. I I tend to contour what I say to an audience depending upon the ambiance, the the uh, canopy that the interviewer holds, and yours is just nice, wide open. We go in the same flow, you know, so we're wide open together. So forgive me if I've been long-winded about a number of things or, or too detailed for, it's for some of you. fascinating. No, but it's really wonderful. Yes. I hope so. Thank you. So so you want, to, you want to look at what I'm bringing to the table here? Yes, because, you know, um, we have people all around the world who are really ready to make these changes. And, you have such a beautiful take on the whole inner knowingness and this inner voice and, and making these transformations back to God. And you've got a lot of knowledge within yourself. And this is exactly uh, how it, it can help so many people. And it's yes. a program that they can use. Absolutely. You know, and I've been teaching for now. This is my 30th year of, of teaching. And so I've seen trends come and go and buzzwords come and go and all of the different waves of, of flavors of things coming up. And it's an amazing time to live in. It's an amazing time to live in. And that's why this offer and these programs that we've put together as, as this package are just a great instrument because it speaks in, the, in, in an ancient way. It speaks in a contemporary way, and it, it is a bridge to understanding ancient knowledge, original knowledge, original perceptions in, in, a, in a way that we can fit it into our mind, because our mind isn't anything like the ancient mind. So that's why we misunderstand a lot of their stories, a lot of their perspectives on things. We see primitive when it's actually more advanced than where we are now in many ways. Isn't it very heart-based, very inner? Um, I mean, it's really feeling. Don't, isn't it just oh, right? It's very, yes. it's very connected. It's, it's very connected, and there's the, there's the experience of universal harmony. 
which yes. is one of the themes that is really important throughout this program and all of the teachings that I share, but particularly everyone, as we go into the world today, as you begin to elevate your consciousness through participation in fundamental teachings like what we bring here to the table, all of this, these, these fundamental ideas help you awaken a different kind of discernment. You'll always have your opinions, and that's beautiful. That, that makes you who you are in the world, the flavors you like that you don't like, things that you like in the world that you don't like in the world. That's exciting. That's the spice in each of our personal recipes. But the discernment that begins to awaken sees things that's, that are happening in the world as symbols and metaphor for moving away from the hidden and revealing that which is truly necessary for us to move into universal harmony. Move closer and closer into this universal harmony. That's just, these are the steps that are happening right now. And people will, when I say things like that, Loren, people will go, you're crazy. This is, you know, this is crazy. This is nuts. I hate this. I can't stand that. I, now blah, 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 blah. They don't believe that it could ever be unity. Right. That, that, that's right. And remember, when you shed light into darkness, what happens to the bugs? They scatter. Okay. And, yes, and, it, and hide. It, it, that's right. And it doesn't look pretty because it's been a mess for a long time. And that's, that's the world. Plus, there are universal principles that you'll, you'll, will develop in, in the program that as you begin to see the universal principles that are at work in your body right now, that are at work in the planets as they revolve around the sun, as you begin to see these universal principles as, as metaphor and symbolism portrayed on the world stage today, you'll see that we're taking steps right now to closer and closer universal harmony. We are. It doesn't matter. That's why I said at the beginning, it doesn't matter whether I like it or dislike it. It doesn't matter my Chris opinion. I like it. But what matters is that with discernment, you can see that, okay, it's unpleasant. It's an ugly mess, but this is where we're going and I can see it. The astrology bears it out. The, the true insight bears it out. And it's fun to have your opinions, but don't let them blind you. So the authentic teaching, the authentic teaching, the authentic cultivations within you bring a discernment that no one's going to be able to argue with. No one's going to be able to take away from you because no matter what anybody else's opinions are and perspectives, it's yours. You earned it. You got it. Does that make sense? Yes, and our experience of life becomes our truth. And so, you know, as we were talking that now there are signs that point to great things in astrology and even in our body. Uh, you know, when we look at the world and see the chaos, to really know that uh, it will be okay. We will bring universal harmony in. But it must be this connection to ourself. It must, it must turn inward. Right. And, and that program of caring what other people think, it turns into a screw y'all, 
right? right. I'm oh. concerned about it's not a lack of compassion, but it's a it's a caring enough about our own light to be able to bring it forward right. and not to impose it on family members or convince anybody that they should do this too, but to just be that way within ourselves and to really hold that within ourselves. That's yeah. a powerful way to be. It is. It is. And that, that that's well, well put because it's none of anybody's business, really, what I think about any of this, unless you step into the arena and you're welcoming my input. Unless uh, you ask for the input. Someone needs to ask, yeah? Right. And people ask in a number of ways, don't they? They ask by coming, just kind of hanging out with you. you know? <laughs> yes. They, they, they come by stepping into a call like this. You know, when you when you're entering into a meeting to be able to uh, pick up something, be be curious about something, and and get another layer of experience, some breadcrumbs to take you on the journey. People ask in many different ways, so we have to pay attention and notice who's asking and who's not 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 asking. So, so let's look at this. You know, because I've, I'm, I'm really quite proud of the uh, material that I brought. Okay. And yes, and so um, I just want to say that's on the special offer button on this web page. If our audience and community want to check that out too. Okay, go ahead. No problem. It's, uh, it's called the multidimensional human experience, and I know everyone's heard agnosium about the multidimensional this and multidimensional that, and the first thing we do in this workshop is I clear up what it is that a dimension is. What's, what's a dimension? What's a plane? We talk about planes of existence, dimensions of existence. And what is a dimension? What is a plane? How, how are all the dimensions here right now occupying this medium that we call space? You know, and so, and how is it that a human is a multidimensional being? How is it that we occupy these multiple dimensions? You know, and we do. You know, we actually occupy seven stages of existence, seven dimensions continuously, simultaneously, all the time. We're operating so, at seven different levels all the time. That's fascinating. So to be able to look out at the world and choose which dimension we're operating from, that's really powerful then. It, and, and it takes a lot of balance because, um, for instance, uh, once you become open and privy to this level of existence, uh, meaning, meaning this level, meaning um, this way of perceiving things, um, as soon as you begin to awaken the animator and the animator within within you, you being the avatar, the character in this holograph, as soon as you begin to awaken as the animator, your true self, then you're seeing multiple levels of this video game, the simulation happening right now. For instance, if I go to the grocery store and I see people pushing their shopping carts around in the produce section, I'll see people, A, pushing their shopping carts around and let me get back. There you go. Okay. Then B I'll see people, uh, even though they're pushing their shopping carts and looking at vegetables up above that, I'll, I'll see this person holding hands with this person who they don't know. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Or I'll oh, see my. someone throwing daggers at somebody. Okay. And you see all these different levels of things that, that, that are happening simultaneously. And then you, it, when you relax more deeply and get more accustomed to it, then you realize, God, this, this, on one level, these people are holding hands and they don't even know each other. On, on this other level, they're, they're fighting kind of with each other, throwing each other around. It's like this big cosmic battle thing happening, clash of the Titans, you know, and, all the time in the physical, they're just two people. One's looking at peppers and carrots and the other one's getting lettuce and spinach. Wow. You know, and that's why, that's why you don't want to step into the world unless in that world you were veiled from a lot of that because it becomes very disorienting. You feel all that, which I'm talking about everyone, you feel it. You filtered a lot of it out, but just because it becomes extraneous information. So what? But at the same time, it is happening and you feel it, you sense it, you know that there's other things happening at other levels in all circumstances in life. And this just pulls away the veils and just begins to awaken you to your true multidimensional vision. All of the senses, everything begins to awaken. And um, it's a very big world. It's a very big world. And it would be important to trust what you get, like the first instinct instead of, uh, you know, yeah. letting the ego come back around and discredit it. Yeah. Thinking gets in the way. I learned that as an er in an early age in playing music. If you think about what you're going to do, you've already missed it. Yes, if you're thinking about playing that, you know, triple note or something. Right, right, right. Getting the fingers just right on the violin instead of just feeling the music. Yeah. That's right. You let the music play you, and that's and that's that's the music of day to day living. You know, you don't do it; it does you. And that's the interaction with the game, the video, the video game. And as the witness or the, or the animator within you begins to awaken, you just see a bigger game. You see different layers of things that are happening simultaneously. And it's a lot of information to process. It's a lot of information to process. And eventually you learn as you begin to have this awakening occur um, you learn what to notice, what to pay attention to, and what not. For instance, I don't pay attention to those levels of things. I see them, but I pay attention to them about as much as I pay attention to your hairstyle, Loren, or your jewelry that you have on, or the clothing that you're in, or the room that, that you're in right now in your home. It, 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 it isn't the point. You see it, but you don't um, indulge in it. Mm -hmm. I don't indulge in it, yeah, because it doesn't it, it, it doesn't help me in the moment of sharing you what's happening here. So um, in this in this presentation, it be, it begins the multidimensional human experience is a four hour audiovisual workshop, and it's fast paced, and again breaks down planes, dimensions. What is that? How do we experience it? what it is to be fully human, what we've spoken a bit about in our time together already. Is reality a simulation, a holograph? 
you know, an interactive, it's what I call reflexive reality, where the software that, that is broadcasting all this within each one of us is interactive. As we make adjustments in our concepts, in our primary, secondary, tertiary bands of belief systems, as we go through these different layers of things, then the broadcast shifts. Everything changes. The program changes as we change our interaction with it. It's a, it's a living kind of software, a reflexive reality. And, um, you know, and this is this this is the beginning, everyone, of of the journey that's called the path of the masters. You know, the road less traveled. In that, most most people talk about wanting to have this experience, but they don't really grasp what the experience is, how overwhelming it can be, how big it is. But those are the the benefits. Those aren't the, you know, problems. You just have to learn how to manage a bigger world filled with greater creativity, greater possibilities, instead of just a funneled down, diluted version of reality that most people exist in here and they think they're alive. You're literally waking up. You're literally becoming alive, true alive, truly alive. And... um as you do that, this ascension process takes you more and more to experiencing just what I shared uh, towards the beginning of our time about how this other realm that we call the afterlife is really life. And this is the afterlife. This is afterlife. This is filled with limits and, and restraints and, and frameworks through which we can express our limitless possibilities that we've accrued and inspirations that we've had. And we can frame it down here within the deliberate segmented time within this space, you know, and you begin to awaken to all that and you see it and you don't hear other people talking about it because they don't experience it. You can only talk with great authority about what you clearly experience. And this is all about experience it's experience. So that's what the first part of the program is, is this four-hour audio-visual of me breaking down. These are some of the aspects in the multidimensional human experience. And then we have another workshop that we bundled to it that really breaks down some more of the mechanics um, in, in, in the simulation. It's called the holographic universe. And, of course, that's a term that most people are familiar with. But do you really understand what a holograph is? No. Right, right. <laughs> and, well, here, here, we, here we break it down. What is a holograph? How, how is it that we're in this holograph? Do we create the holograph? Are we a part of the holograph? And if we're not creating the holograph, who is creating the holograph? Who's broadcasting it? Who wrote the program? You know, is God in the holograph or is, or is God the great writer of, of the software? Wait a minute. You know, who's, who's the architect? Like in the matrix, you know, who is this architect? What is, what is this really all about? These are things that are necessary to explore and they're natural. They're natural to explore. So bundled with this to give you a rounded recipe of things 
that, that are, is going to leave you just a great meal to really digest and to really assimilate, really, really grow with. It's very spiritually nutritious is what I would say, spiritually rich. On top of the multidimensional human and the multidimensional and the holographic universe, we have decoding the language of light, the tentacles of tyranny, and the many faces of freedom. This is this is kind of a wake-up call to look into the different aspects of, of life, the systems that are at work around us, mm-hmm. trying to leverage you into, into believing in them, that they have power and authority and that they're right and, and that they're good and all these things. So it's a really good it's a really good wake-up call for many people that have begun to, to question things a little bit, but you'd like to have some more information about it. And then uh, one, of, one of my fun talks is that we are the true Illuminati. You know, I've studied conspiracy theories, Loren, for over 35 years, <clears throat> literally. And <clears throat> this, is, this is a fun thing to tell everybody, too. I was so independent and fierce as a kid in school, but yet I was battling wanting to comply, right? Mm-hmm. That probably about 11th grade, uh, we were writing a report in history class, and it was about World War II. And I began to do research and study, and as part of my school's research, we were writing our uh, senators or congressmen and getting information from the Library of Congress. And then it was part of our thing of learning how to do all that back then. And, or the, uh, yeah. So there were so many of us that were writing that we decided to take a school trip down to the library. You know, the big, uh, what, what was it called? Gosh. Um, the Library of Congress, the, boy, why can't I remember it now? Oh, uh, on Capitol Hill? Yeah, it's this, it was the whole archive of everything before everything went online. And, the um, archives, the National Archives. Yeah, we, okay. we, we went into all of that and <clears throat> were held by AIDS because we're kids. But my research went into World War II. And I wrote a report that proved back then that Adolf Hitler did not die in a bunker and that, and that he went to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then Argentina in a, in a German U-boat with other people. And when I wrote the report, I had all the footnotes. I had all of this stuff. And my teacher wouldn't let me turn it in. I got an F. Oh, really? Wouldn't let me turn it in. And now no. to show you how everything that has been hidden is being revealed. Just six months ago, the archives were opened up under, under the disclosure, public disclosure. And it was revealed, yes, there's even photographs of Hitler and Inner Circle landing in Argentina in the U-boat. Really? In restaurants. And they had this whole thing. That's the boys in Brazil, and that's how that whole story about mm-hmm. how they just continued. So I'm saying that, that, that to you because uh, the, the, the idea of thinking that, that what you call history is actual history, what you think is actual fact is just a story that you've been told, whether it's spiritual stories, whether it's political stories, historical stories, you know, what we call history. That And so in this talk, we are the true Illuminati. 
my whole thing of studying conspiracies and the banksters and all of this stuff through all those years, I, I realized that that isn't the Illuminati. When you really study what the Illuminati were from ancient times, back in the Egyptian times, the Illuminati, the inner circle, the, these were the keepers of the light. The, these were the keepers of, of the secrets, the true teachings. And that all became corrupted. And the essence of it is still right there. That's what we call the teachings today, the, the original teachings. That's the, that's the unobstructed form based in light, sound, and presence. And so we are the true Illuminati, not, not those people that they call the Illuminati out there. Those are the frauds, the banksters, the world leaders, the multinational corporation people. No, no, no. That's not the Illuminati, not the Rothschilds, the Mellons, the Rockefellers, any of that stuff. No, 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 no. The true, wouldn't you like to be the Illuminati? The Illuminati are, are the bringers of the light. Yes. The bringers that of the That word light. has been hijacked. The word the has word been hijacked. hijacked. That's and, right. And we that's know right. that, yes. And so that's our journey here, and to that's, bring that light. That's, that, that's true, truly important is for us to un- understand our, our heritage our true spiritual heritage. And then the last part of the teaching gives you a nice overview and history of, of uh, these teachings since ancient times and, and how I break all the molds, how I break all the molds because it has to be done in this time. Meaning that there have been inner light and inner sound teachings in Tibet in India through different indigenous cultures, different times throughout ancient history. We can find all the stories. Everything's right there. But they've all been bound by gurus, masters. You have to have initiations into the light and sound of God. You have to devote yourself to the Sadhguru, or you have to be baptized into this or that or the other thing, and all of this stuff. And uh, you guys, if you don't know me, I got thrown out of every spiritual organization I tried to be a part of because as soon as it, as soon as it became necessary to comply to a master, a guru, anybody. I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I began to speak out against it because I I felt it was defiling the essence of what was being taught. So I realized that the thing to do is to go out and start talking about my own life's experiences many, many years ago. And that, that's what I've done. I've just told the story of me. And that's really powerful. And Christopher, you, because this is the story of you, that's your experience. And that becomes your truth. And it is what the ancients and the sages knew. It's very correct, uh, connected. You're very connected. And you do go direct. And you really do break all the molds. It really is quite interesting uh, I just want to share in this process as well, as people go through this, they'll begin to see uh, the 3D matrix. Let's call it the old earth 3D matrix sure. and programming. Um, you know, as, as people um, learn what it is that you speak of uh, on dimensions and they're able to see that themselves, then they'll be able to see their programs and, and delete those programs a lot quicker. Recently, I just had one. That was, you know, we were talking about the Illuminati being hijacked. As a journalist for many years, we were programmed with the program, the belief system, never become a part of the story. 
you are not a part of the story. The journalist is unbiased and not a part of the story. Right. But when we look at what we're here to do, bring the light and hold the light, right. our story is a part of it. And I just Absolutely. realized I, that's a program that I have to be out of there. So it was very quite interesting to, to figure this out or to realize this on my own. And that's what everyone will go through. Everyone will look around at their realities that they're creating, following programs, and they'll make a choice. It'll be a choice aligned with source, uh, aligned in the heart, aligned with God, whatever we want to call it. But truly, we are the bringers of the light. And that is how the world will change. As more people do this inner work, opening up, expanding their consciousness, which is all about what your work is based on your personal story and experience, that is new earth. And it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Yeah, as we. You're optimistic, then, obviously. As as we elevate, and we are elevating. Yay! Don't don't look at the symptoms, and judge them according to what you think of, because that's just your pain and pleasure, like and dislike principles. Has nothing to do with universal harmony. Okay, as you as you begin to to realize through proper discernment that we are elevating, then then. At the next stage of our existence as a planet, as a people, as, as beings, sentient beings, then we live in a world where there is no illness. There is no death. All of the contaminants to the environment have just diffused through the alchemy of, of energy just shifting because it can't, it can't withstand the vibrational adjustments of upliftment. We don't, we don't need to mitigate situations and, and environmental stuff we do in the in the temporary that we're in right now but as we, re, we eventually reach a point where none of those substances will exist because they're not adaptable they're not malleable enough as we adjust to a higher vibrational field as we reach that that threshold frequency then all of that stuff through the the alchemy of of energetics just is gone is just as gone just like the the dynamics of this this is this is another really important point is that people we all want to come together as one world we all want to come together as one people and we are one world we are one people but in order for us to come together to do that to live that way we each first have to awaken as the true individualized self that we're here to be we can't abandon that which we came here to become to realize if we do then we come together out of weakness and we fall back into the old systems of things for another whole wave this is about your personal sovereignty as a being as a spiritual being in this world claiming and becoming strongly who you are. You feel that. Everybody, you feel that. I mean, you don't feel that I'm anything other than an alpha male, clearly defined in the world. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. You don't need to like it. You know, let's walk together through through life. I'll do anything I can to help you. But I'm going to be who I'm going to be. 
And as soon as we get a world of people like, like that, that are willing to be honest and real and love and care about each other, but yet be who they are, then we can let go of that. But you can't let go of and you can't transcend that which you haven't known and experienced for yourself yet. That's like talking to somebody about what dessert has just tasted like when you haven't had dessert. <laughs> you don't know. You know so forgive me if, mm -hmm. if I went off on a rant, but I want everyone to really get that because this is we all want the kumbaya reality and let, let's get there. The Star Trek world with no flags, no countries, no boundaries, none, none of that stuff. No passports. No passports, none of it. But yet let's get there as defined individuals that, that are not homogenized into one kind of global slurry, but, but are strong individual cells in the great cosmic body of life that we bring our richness, our strength, our virtue, our insight all together. And the love is just a normal part of that existence. That's the world we're looking for. And that's the world we are all striving for. We all know that in our hearts. And so, that's it. Chris, that's really why I love your teachings and your work. And so I invite our community to learn these teachings with Christopher. Yeah. All of the events I've done with Christopher are life transforming. They are awakening uh, anything that allows us to identify these programs or where we compromise ourselves is so empowering. And so that's what your work is all about, Christopher. You are the practical mystic yep. helping so many people on levels uh, from your own experience and truth. And that's very empowering for everyone to tap into their own experience and truth. So I'm, I'm glad that the world is great. Uh, it's on the right track. Wow. But, you know, we were talking about it. So as we wrap up, I just want to ask you really quickly. Sure. See, um, you know, everything is changing. So let's just take the uh, uh, economy or, or uh, finances, for example. We can see anything that is not um, that doesn't feel love from us. So if we were looking at a situation, we go into a dimension of uh, greater understanding and looking at it from a higher perspective. Um, there should be no fear there. We would be able to uh, identify when we're acting out of fear or frustration. And so uh, for an example on this, interest rates as, um, you know, whatever's going on with our economy, right? We can see that uh, there's a program to stimulate people's reaction because of a fear that interest rates are going to go up. And so that right. fear actually stimulates people to, it, it stimulates the real estate market. It, it, it stimulates people to buy now rather than later. So right. rather instead of, say you're looking for an investment property, for example, or a home, you are, your fear is going to override your higher logic. Oh, that's, of, that's brilliant. What, that's very nicely put. Very yeah, nice. Of what you can deserve. So it comes to a point that's like, well, don't you deserve the perfect place that you know is going to come up over here right. instead of acting out of that fear that interest rates are going to go up? So we can begin to see this paradigm. And I think it goes 
this also translates into cryptocurrency. If we might sure. take a moment and talk about that, because if we're just going to go to a whole new currency in hopes of making millions, the energetics of that is all old earth programming. Right. Because in, in our Star Trek reality that we're, that, that we're moving towards, just as, as metaphor and story, there is no money. There is no money. Yeah, there is and, no money. Yeah, and, and the energy systems of the world run on free energy systems. There's no, there's no payment. There's no commerce going on in, in, that, in that way. And that uh, there's no manufacturing in the normal sense because replicators make virtually everything that everyone could, could want to have there's from no the grand to, to the very, very small. From mm -hmm. food to pieces of steel or or metal to build things, you know, and we're 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 really there already, but it's being kept back from from the public, of course. Okay. Yes, there are giant replicators. Actually, oh, there are giant. There are. Yes. I think they're in China. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, no, you're right. All of those things are, and it's it's. Uh, there are, there's a master cycle that we, we touch upon also in this, in this workshop too, in this offer. It's from emergence to entropy. And this master cycle governs everything in, everything in the universe from the microscopic, you know, to the galactic. All right. And what's happening now is we're, we're in a time of emergence, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, the, the emergence, everything that is hidden is being revealed, right? The emergence of, of new ideas, new perspectives, new technologies, new notions, questioning conventional thought and feeling in all levels. And as that, as that's happening, these new ideas become systems that begin to get organized like huge, 3D replicators, you know, all of the all fab fabrication machines, free energy systems, um, the opportunity for people to transcend greed. That's also part of what's of what has to happen for us to for us to get away from currency. We we have to get away from the idea of fear based financial systems that are are just conjuring a need within you. you Got to have that new car. Got to have that house now because you don't know what's coming with the with the interest rates, you know, or or you can you can swing that second house just as an investment property. Just get a new mortgage on your house before the interest rates go up, of course, you know, and all of this kind of stuff, you know, and as a as a bit of advice to every everyone about that. And I'm not qualified in any means to be a financial consultant to anybody. Just ask my wife, you know, but um I'm debt free. That's the key. Okay. I am debt free. I have no car payments. Mm. I have no mortgage payment. And uh, I'm going to be 90% off grid by, by the end of the year. I have a deep artesian well that pumps about 40 gallons a minute just on its own out of the pressure of the earth. And I'm going to run a water wheel off of that. And then irrigate all my fruit trees and my gardens and everything while I'm generating electricity. So it's, it's environmentally much more conscious than solar cells or anything else. And so the idea, everyone, is to minimize your debt, 
minimize your debt, minimize your involvement in, in the matrix as far as your connection to it or your indebtedness to it, because it is the indentured servant thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we elevate, we won't need these systems. The fear-based systems of the monetary, as you're speaking about, our values, you know, we won't be based in greed, lack, and that's all that the debtor society is all about. And we'll be in this world where the, the technologies will, will alleviate us from this thing that we call work. And our lives will be based in our creativity, just like in real life. In real life, in the other side, you don't work. There is no money. You don't need to eat. There is no disease. You're free, truly free, to experience your limitless creativity. That's the world we're elevating into. Okay? Ratcheting up level by level. The first is where we are now, just illuminating all the bugs. You know, getting, showing all the junk. Oh, my God. You know, and everywhere you look, there's bugs. Everywhere you look, there's junk. The medical community, the medical scams, the government scams, the bankster scams, the multinational corporation scams, the fossil fuel scams. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on and on and on. If God is the cause of all things, then God is the answer to all things. So don't get caught. I love studying all the stuff, as you can tell. But God is my source. Oneness. The beginning, the ending of all things. This is, this is my home. This is where I rest. I'm just animating this. I'm not this. That is how we bring heaven on earth. That is. And it begins one heart at a time as a person goes deep within and understands this and experiences this. It becomes their truth. And truly, it is heaven on earth. It'll be beautiful. And so don't get distracted, blaming or being a victim, standing in our power. Yes. I agree. I agree. Christopher Timms, this has been a quantum conversation that has expanded consciousness and opened hearts. And I really thank you for that. Again, we invite our community to go deep within and experience this beautiful special offer from Christopher. We also have beautiful shows on stargates and crystals with Christopher in oh, our that's Mm-hmm. That's great. Those have been great programs as well. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed everything we brought to the table with, for, for your audience. That's great. And I'm going to put our online healing retreat masterclass as a bonus download for people who purchase your special offer. That oh, great. Was- exquisite that was three sessions two hours each more intense conversation and instruction from christopher so thank you for that that's awesome thank you thank you thank you christopher timms <laughs> it's my pleasure it's great hanging out with you time seems to go by so fast when we're just talking because that's that's all we're doing we're just having a quantum conversation And we're outside of time and space, and that's where we go quantum. And all of those dimensions are here with us. We just have to access them, and we do it from within, from the heart. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you, everyone. 
And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy.
conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart as we raise our own vibration we raise the vibration of the planet this show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love access all quantum conversations special offers from our guests and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.